Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice and we are glad in it. Good morning, Victory family and friends. Uh, my name is Paul, and I am privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church of Charlottesville, where we exist to see people reconciled to God and to each other. And this morning, I just want to say a huge thank you for choosing to tune in uh, th this morning for the 29 minutes that we uh, virtually worship together each Sunday. So thank you for choosing to be with us today. I want to say also a huge thank you to all of our Victory Group leaders, uh, Olivia Morley, Joanne Boyle, Troy and Chantel Savage, Joe Coleman, Michelle Johnson, uh, Chris and Kara Kidd, Rashida and Randy Tripp, Kate Martin, Lunn and Tiffany Nguyen, Mark Menifee, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to those who participated in one of those groups uh, who, who sought Jesus through relationship with others and the study of the word of God and, 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 and other uh, texts that, that directed us to parts of the word of God and in particular topical studies. Um, and, and, and just have leaned in even in this virtual space to connecting. Uh, we are a church that believes in community and the importance of the parts of the body, uh, being together, working together, sharpening one another. And we just finished another session. We have a winter, a fall session, a winter session, and a spring session. So we just finished up a, a, a session, the fall one, and we'll be taking a break now for a couple of weeks. And so it's a really good time, not just for the leaders and the groups to to, to, to take a break, if you will, but it's also for those who may not have joined a group yet. It gives you an opportunity to have a smooth on-ramp uh, during our winter session, which begins on January 10th. There's a connect card link right in the chat that you can click on and you can express interest electronically. And then we will do our due diligence in aligning you, connecting you with uh, group leaders so that you can be ready to go come January 10th. Um, also, if you want to lead a group, you can also click that connect card and do the same by expressing that desire, and we will connect you in that way as well. Uh, one, another thank you this morning is for your giving um, uh, in all of the ways that you give, time and energy and so forth, and, uh, and particularly this morning for the giving of your finances, which I know is worship to God, but you entrust the very physical monies to Victory Church. And so, uh, as pastor, I say thank you. We recently, uh, as you know, we've talked about having purchased a residential home, and we just selected our first resident to occupy our first victorious living home. Uh, praise God. It's a, it's, it's a huge deal. We're grateful for the opportunity uh, to, as an outreach ministry, which is what this is, um, to participate in pursuing justice by providing equitable housing opportunity here in Charlottesville. It's another way that we as a church can embody or bear the image of God as a loving neighbor in our community. And we, we hope that it's just the first of many homes. So thank you for giving. There's a portion of the operational budget that we, that we give to this, but there's also just a specific fund entitled Victorious Living through our push pay system where you can give directly to that. And again, thank you. Um, Thank you for doing so. In fact, when we met at Walker Upper Elementary School, uh, back when we used to meet in person, each week we would have a volunteer share from Scripture why we give. Uh, we didn't just receive offering, we, but we wanted to talk about why we 
actually participate as a part of our worship experience. And so every Sunday there was a short message toward that end. And, and so what we've been doing since being online is we've been recording short messages and slowly building a library of those messages. Again, we don't want to just receive offering and tithes. We want to talk about why we participate in it and what it has to do with our walk as Christians. And so Chris Kidd, who was one of the Victory Group leaders I just referenced, uh, has just uh, uploaded a great message you can find on our YouTube page. Thanks to our communications team, Ashley Farr and her leadership for creating a playlist just for that. And it'll give further insight toward that end of why we give and what it means to give uh, sacrificially and cheerfully uh, to a God who's been so good to us. So again, thank you. Uh, and, and that's just a, a small of many updates that we can give um, toward the end of how we're stewarding those finances. Um, this is about the time that I would tell you to turn to the book of, and, I, and I, I'm prepared to do that and have you turn back to the book of Isaiah, this time chapter nine, uh, except we're going to do something a little bit different or a lot different, something I've never done before. Um, at 9.30 this morning, we, we had our Zoom call which, with, with many of the volunteers at Victory, and each Sunday we have somebody share a devotional message. And this morning, one of our volunteers shared. And every week there, there, it's tremendous to see how God speaks through all of the parts of the body. Um, and this morning, there was a word shared that I thought particularly um, timely. And so I am yielding the rest of our time this morning to Shelby Gibson to share that word, to take her time, because usually I give them a really small amount of time to package an encouraging word in, and I know she had more. And I want to yield to her this morning a little introduction of Shelby. She and I met some years ago in the academic setting, that is UVA, um, quickly became a friend, as did her husband, Chase, uh, both of whom serve on our worship team. Shelby's been uh, incredibly active in in that space uh, out front singing, and I know behind the scenes doing so much more, I don't even know, um, just a faithful pillar of this victory community as well as the larger and broader Charlottesville community. And so uh, at this time, I'm going to um, invite her to, um, to the Zoom stream here, and I am going to be quiet and just thank God for how he uses uh, parts of the body. Romans talks about each of us having been given a measure of faith or grace. First Corinthians 12 talks about the parts of the body needing one another. Well, here's yet another part of the body uh, with something that I believe as the body of Christ we need. And so will you welcome with me through the chat, if you will, some virtual love for God ultimately, but showing a person with skin on this morning, Shelby Gibson, uh, the appreciation and love for her preparation of a word that I think is going to bless you this morning. Shelby, we love you. Thank you. And I'm going to go away now. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Pastor Paul, for that introduction. Um, <clears throat> I have deep gratitude um, for Pastor Paul and for his wonderful partner, Taylor, um, in creating a church community that gives trust um, to all different kinds of folks to not only have responsibility, but authority and sharing God's word. And so I just want to share that gratitude to start off this morning and um, thank him again for trusting me to share a little bit of encouragement with our church family this morning. Um, and I am also just would be amiss to not share the gratitude that I have for the community that I have through Victory, um, especially our community group um, led by Chris and Kara Kidd and Randy and Rashida. 
Um, I am just so thankful for them and, and for them in the way that this message or this teaching or encouragement or whatever you want to call it um, came out of the fruit of that relationship. Um, quite literally, some of them have walked with me, literally walked. <laughs> I don't know about some of y'all, but during this pandemic, I have found every possible walking trail in, in the Charlottesville area. And so some of them have literally walked with me and shared this, um, shared on this topic through this encouragement. Some of them have shared texts, um, you know, biblically informed texts that this message comes from as well. So I just want to thank our community group and, and just send so much love to both the kids and the trips for their leadership in this space as well. Um, well, let me start off by saying this. If there was a book in the Bible that took place in the year 2020, I think that it would definitely be the book of Job. Now, hear me out. I know some folks tend to shut down when you hear about the book of Job, but I'll give you a quick summary here if you're not familiar with the story. Job was going about his business celebrating the many things that God had given him including his material wealth and his family, his assets. He had lots of livestock and all these things are listed in the very first part of the book of Job. He is also acknowledged in the first part of the book of Job as favored by God and not only favored, but he was faithful. So God kind of hypes him up at the beginning of the book as one of his favorite kids. Job, like many of us at the beginning of this story, for us at the beginning of this year, may have felt, this is my year. God has shown me favor. In fact, I'm even going to buy a 2020 planner to write down the birth dates of my many children, which are blessings from the Lord. I'm going to write down all of the times that I'm going to have a feast to celebrate my oxen. Maybe we're not celebrating our oxen, but you get what I'm saying here. And I may even write down some of my goals that I'm going to do as gratitude for God in this space. Now, we know at the end of this year what Job didn't know at the beginning of this story. That was a waste of a planner, of a perfectly good planner to say that. 2020 has been unanimously termed both by people that I know and by folks in the media as the worst year ever. It was recently declared that by Time Magazine, in fact. Now, the pain of 2020 is unique in all seriousness and that it seems to both compound one thing on another and bring personal suffering into the national spotlight. Many folks that I know in our community and maybe that you know in yours have experienced personal loss, grief, and trauma while simultaneously supporting those in their family or their community experiencing the same thing. Whether it be the horrors of racism played out um, in public or the pandemic, which had ripples effects just don't seem to quit. Each of us are carrying the collective trauma of the world in our minds, in our bodies, and in our spirits as we arrive at the end of this year. For some of us, 2020 is the year, one of, if not our most difficult, whether it be to personal loss or just experiencing the collective trauma of the world. And for others, 2020 has compounded on previous suffering and pain and grief and financial stress and health problems and relational strains, the list could go on and I'm sure your list looks very different. But if this is just another year in a series of years, you're not alone and you're seen in this story too. Job walking through his own personal 2020 throughout the book of Job doesn't hold back in expressing his pain to God and making his depression known to the most high. 
He does this throughout the book of Job in a couple different iterations, but I'll just give you a taste of it here from chapter 7, verses 11 through 16. Job says, Therefore, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or the dragon that you guard over me? When I say my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint, then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions so that I would choose strangling and death rather than this body. I loathe my life and I would not live forever. Let me alone for my days are a breath. Now, just to be clear, Job is speaking directly to God. He does not express, he does not hold back in expressing how he's feeling with visceral and vivid language. He does not hold back in raising his complaints about his present circumstances. Now, I think complaints here is a light term to use. The language that Job uses is very pointed. I use this scripture to illustrate the point. This year has been significant and difficult, and Job's circumstances are significant and difficult. I say that not to minimize anything that anyone's going through, but to emphasize the fact that even in the most holy of holy texts in the Bible, your story is seen. If you're in that place right now with God, maybe some of us have been there this year, this month, this week, or even today. I know that I've been in that place with God. You are not alone. For a long time, I struggled to contextualize the book of Job. As humans, we're, all, we're often looking for the purpose of our pain and suffering. We want a concise answer to what is happening in our lives and in the world and what the point of it all is. To me, it, it seemed the book of Job, the first few times I went through it, seemed like an odd addition to the Bible. Again, our holy text, it speaks in beautiful languages about our Savior, in beautiful language, rather, in some places about our Savior and about how the righteous will be rewarded and shielded and favored. And honestly, that's, that's hit heavily on by a lot of inspirational sermons. But for those who have not read through the book of Job, I'll give you a little bit of a summary of how it ends. Job continues to get into it with his wife, with his friends, and ultimately with the Lord. And after several chapters of doing this, God reveals himself to Job and take Job, takes Job on a tour of the God-authored cosmos. He shows him from the macro to the micro, all the things that he created. Getting through the, the book of Job for the first time, I thought, well, what is the point? God brings Job all the way to the edge of breaking. His physical body giving in, his emotional state in the lowest place that it could be. And then God ends every, all of this by saying, listen, child, I made everything. Do not question me. Now, my humanity asks in this moment, and I have asked this to God about many circumstances that I've walked through. God, was that really necessary? I have a very, what I would term for lack of a better word, sassy relationship with God sometimes. I tend to be very honest with him. And I see myself a lot in the book of Job when Job just goes in with the Lord. Now, earlier this year in continuing to explore the book of Job, I was reading a book and this particular excerpt as it addresses the book of Job has really stuck in my mind ever since as lending some context to what's going on here. Old Testament scholar Ellen Davis writes in Getting Involved with God, 
From the book of Job, above all others in scripture, we learn that the person in pain is a theologian of unique authority. The one who complains to God, pleads with God, rails at God, does not let God off the hook for a moment. They are at last admitted to a mystery. They pass through a door that only pain will open and is thus qualified to speak of God in a way that others, whom generally we tend to call more fortunate, cannot speak. Job joins, as another one of my favorite authors, Paul Miller, puts it in his book, J-Curve, into the fellowship of suffering with Christ. Job is an Old Testament example of what Paul later describes in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 8 through 12, which you may be familiar with. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being up to, given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Now, I've heard many inspirational sermons that like to place a period between verses 9 and 10, when in reality, there's actually a semicolon between those two verses. The fact that we are afflicted in every way and not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair is used as a means to say it's a silver lining. We tend to whisper about the suffering and yell about the fact that we are more than conquerors, which is true. But the Bible does not dismiss our suffering in that way. In fact, it lends context to it, where then it continues on in verse 10 to say, we are always carrying in our bodies the death of Jesus. Or in the Shelby Gibson slash Paul Miller interpretation, we are always carrying in our bodies the fellowship of suffering with Christ. Now, Again, for me, the purpose of all of this from that verse, from Job's story, is that our suffering can't be boiled down to one thing or another, but I think that suffering oftentimes takes place for the kingdom of Jesus. Now, hear me out. When you are truly suffering, it doesn't always feel that way. Whether that is so, to me, <laughs> suffering occurs so that we can draw close to those in similar circumstances and show them the light and love of Jesus. There's nothing more comforting than being understood and your experiences being known. It's also so that we can draw intimately close to God and God can draw intimately close to us in our pain. Job is an Old Testament example of what we see over and over again in scripture, a description of life with Jesus involving suffering in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Do you not know that all of us have been baptized in who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were also baptized into his death? Now, there isn't really a nice way to end a sermon meant to be encouraging around Christmas time that places us firmly in the narrative of suffering with Christ. And I'm not really here to tell you that I have the answer to why we suffer and why we have suffered this year. Sometimes saying we suffer for the kingdom is not very encouraging in the moment. But what I can tell you, and I know this from personal experience, is that I know who wrote the story and who in our suffering we join with. 
my intention this morning in sharing this is that we would find encouragement in the fellowship, not just in the fellowship of the suffering with Christ, but in the fellowship of our communities. And know that even in a year like 2020, we are never outside the story of Christ. He came to us in his most vulnerable state in a manger where they put food for animals, put skin on and submitted to the breaking of his physical body in order to become death's death on our behalf. The promise of suffering does not guarantee redemption on this side of heaven. As one of my friends so perfectly surmised it when I was talking to him about a particular difficult season that I was going through. But it does place us firmly inside the narrative of God and gives us the authority and the understanding of his suffering so that we might live for ourselves and love others according to how Jesus lived and loved towards others. Again, I don't have a nice bow to put on this message, but I know that so many in my own life and myself have struggled this year in different capacities. For some, struggling puts it mildly, Uh, but I hope that we can find encouragement knowing the context that we exist in is never outside of Jesus's story. Um, I'm going to pray to to seal this, and then I will pass it back over to Pastor Paul. Jesus, we thank you for who you are today and every day and in this season where we are reminded that you led the way with vulnerability and love when you came to meet us so many years ago. God, we thank you for walking through seasons, all seasons with us in our suffering, whether our trees are full of fruit or naked and bare like they are right now in the winter. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for our community here at Victory. And I pray that you would continue to encourage us and remind us that you are always walking by our side, even when we can't see you. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray today. Amen. And, you know, I've learned uh, or I'm learning, I guess, but a long time ago it was shared with me that when there was there's been a good word spoken and you get up after that person, there's no need to try and add or preach on top of uh, you just say amen. And so uh, I'll just say, let the church, meaning you and me, say. Amen, amen. Amen to a word uh, that's timely and relevant um, and is full of wisdom uh, and, and biblically driven. Thank you, Shelby. Um, and so my, my, my task, my opportunity now is to invite you, um, to invite you if you've not ever given your life to Jesus Christ, or if you've given your life to Jesus Christ in the past, but now for whatever reason, uh, your life doesn't reflect that of what you think it ought to reflect in terms of your being a Christian. And I'm not talking about how we all fall short every day because we all do. But if for whatever reason you've drifted intentionally and, and you've, you, you've, you've gone away, uh, ignored the voice of God, even though he's been calling for you. And today, want to rededicate your life to Christ, I'm speaking to you. So both uh, you who've never received Jesus and you who today want to come back to Jesus, uh, I want to point you to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord 
and believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from the penalty of sin. Hebrews will go on to talk about being saved completely. Saved also from the power of sin here in this space. And yes, someday, all of us being saved even from the presence of sin. Uh, and we are under no illusion here at Victory Church because the Bible doesn't give us one to be under that being in Christ gives us a storm-free life. It's going to rain, and it's rained in 2020, uh, but a storm-proof one in Jesus we can have. And so I want to pray that prayer over those who are responding to those two invitations. And there's a Connect card link in the chat that you can click on, fill out if you want someone to be in touch further with you, whether for prayer or for next steps. We have some materials and tools that can help you in this lifelong journey of walking with Christ um, that you can receive as well if you click on that Connect card link in the chat. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word preached and thank you for another opportunity to come to you. Thousands of years ago, you laid down your life for us, paying a debt that we owed but did not have currency to pay. And we are grateful that because of your greatest act of love, the, the justice-laden act of your dying on Calvary's cross, reconciliation can happen. And we know you're not a bully. You don't coerce. You give us the privilege, the opportunity to respond to that act of justice by being reconciled to you. And so today we choose you. Whether for the first time we choose you, which we celebrate with the angels in heaven, we celebrate that commitment, or whether we're rededicating our lives, coming back to a faith abandoned for whatever reason, and recognizing that you are just as loving and just as kind and just as desirous of our company today as you've always been before we were ever formed in our mother's womb. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ, as Romans talks about in chapter 8. And so we pray this prayer with thanksgiving, thanksgiving, with excitement, and with expectation of how you will show up and be present in the midst of whatever, whether we're on the mountain or in the valley. We're thankful that in it all is you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Family, we, we love you. We are encouraged by you. And I pray that as you study the word of God, which I encourage you to do on a daily basis, like your vitamins, even more so, that there would be illumination from heaven that would allow you to apply that word in such a way that it drops the 18 inches from the, the head knowledge to it being a heart knowledge and an, a lived out, applied, real experience that allows us to love our neighbors well and allows us to embody the vision that we embrace so dearly at Victory, which is to be further reconciled to God and to each other. And in so doing, being a light to the world and salt of the earth that is so desperately needed. Shelby, again, thank you for that word. Uh, so grateful for you. And Victory fam, we love you. Let's live in victory. Bless y'all.